The Big Story from The Straits Times on Muddy FM 89.3. You're watching The Big Story with me, Harianto Diman. Subscribe to The Straits Times channel so you will not miss an episode. In other news, Singapore's central bank surprising everyone for the second time this year with a further tightening of its Sing dollar policy. MAS saying in a statement, this policy move building on previous tightening moves should help slow the momentum of inflation and ensure medium-term price stability. Singapore's core inflation now expected to come in between 3 and 4% this year, up from MAS's earlier forecast range of 25 to 3.5%. And headline inflation is now likely to come in at 5-6%, to 6%, higher than the earlier estimate of 45 to 5.5%. What does this mean for Singapore and Singaporeans? Well, here to help us answer some questions is DBS's senior economist, Irvin Sia. Irvin, what do you think triggered the tightening of the Singh dollar policy? Is it telling that it comes just the day after US inflation surged past 9%? Well, I mean, on surface, most people would like to, you know, make that connection. But I think the MAS focus is really about, you know, the inflation that we currently is experiencing in Singapore. The headline number has remained persistently high. And in fact, in my opinion, the headline number will continue to stay above 5% in the coming months. And then another focus is the core inflation number. The MAS today have revised upward uh, both its headline as well as core inflation forecast. And that basically implies that inflation could potentially rise above the previous a forecast of the MES. So therefore, you know, with a change in terms of uh, expectation and forecast on inflation, both core and headline, and I think that is the main reason why the MES, you know, have decided to act preemptively and decisively to anchor and tame inflation. Irvin, help us understand uh, what is the impact of a stronger Singapore currency, particularly in the context of the current global economy? What does it mean for Singaporeans? Okay, well, we talk about, you know, inflation being a concern for the economy, for the authority, as well as for all Singaporeans and businesses. And what we have seen thus far globally is that inflationary pressure has remained very, very high. In fact, if you look at food prices, commodity prices, energy prices, it has continued to escalate. Although we have seen some bit of a stability, I mean, stabilization recently, but you know, it has, you know, a cascading effect on the rest of the economy. Now, having a stronger Sing dollar essentially will help to keep all this imported inflationary pressure at bay because ultimately we need to understand that for Singapore, a big part of what we consume and also what goes into the productions of goods and services in Singapore are actually imported. Our estimate is roughly at about 60 to 70%. It is a very high threshold. So therefore, the most effective way to curtail and to keep this imported inflationary pressure at bay is to maintain a strong Sing dollar. On that note, then what about exports then? How, how would it affect exports uh, for Singapore? Because Singapore is quite reliant on exports as well. Correct. And this is where it will require some very delicate calibrations when it comes to policy. The MAS would have to essentially ensure that, you know, a stronger Sing dollar is strong enough to keep imported inflation at bay, but not too strong 
such that it jeopardizes our export performance and then in turn on growth. So this is where you know policy calibration is an art. And I personally feel that you know the MES is definitely on top of the matter and that although we do see the Sing dollar appreciating against the regional currency, it has continued to actually maintain a fairly you know depreciative kind of stance against the US dollar. And do know that global trade typically are conducted in US dollar. Irvin, before I let you go, I also wanted to ask you this as well. Uh, what do you make of today's GDP numbers? Uh, 4.8% growth in the second quarter, year on year, but flat on the quarter. Well, first and foremost, it's very much in line with our expectation. We were originally forecasting you know, 4.6% year on year and 0.1% Q on Q. So it is very much in line with our expectation. And the reason why we are taking a more cautious view, particularly if you look at the sequential uh, number, as in the Q on Q number, is the fact that we have seen a significant spike up in terms of you know, the uncertainties and also risks on the growth front. Uh, we saw basically a slowdown in China growth. And in fact, China, I mean, we are talking about, you know, one of the biggest export market for Singapore because of its zero COVID policy and the corresponding lockdown in many of the, you know, cities in China. What we have seen is that a significant disruption to regional supply chain as well as China's own domestic demand. And that in turn has affected Singapore's export performance. Also, we have seen several other risks in the sense that we are getting, you know, a tighter monetary conditions, you know, globally and also, you know, the Ukraine and the Russia war, which also occur in the second quarter. Now, all this basically has compounded the risk on the Singapore economy. So, which is why you get a zero sequential growth. Now, why is this significant? Because just imagine if it is not zero we are, and is negative 0.1%, then the risk of a technical recession in Singapore has increased because when you have a negative second quarter growth and what if you get another negative in the third quarter essentially you get a two consecutive quarter of a decline in singapore and that is essentially a technical recession so we have narrowly averted you know the chance of a technical recession